Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey, everybody. I've been asked a few times if I have a podcast on that limbic brain thing. I think a lot of you have heard me talk about the concept multiple times already, but I wanted to do one for those asking for it. I believe this concept is a great intro into three different things, human performance, self-awareness, and leadership influence. Knowing what part of our brain is at work, when we are at work, can help us reduce injuries, increase our influence ability, and live a richer life. So let's talk about the brain. It's a little bit of an oversimplification, but if you break the brain down into two parts, we have a super fast, highly reactive, judgmental limbic brain. This part of our brain has been in development since the caveman days, and it has unlimited energy. We also have a slow yet contemplative prefrontal cortex. This part of our brain is still in kindergarten and runs out of steam quickly. Neither is bad, they just have different strengths and weaknesses. Neither is evil at the core, but they can be. They are just different, and they excel in different areas. Our limbic brain exists for our survival. Its purpose is to find the threat in the room and take decisive action. It's lightning fast, like electrical impulse fast. It can judge a scenario before we even have time to notice what it's doing. This can be a good or a bad thing, depending on the scenario. If my goal is not to die, I love my limbic brain. If someone cuts me off on the interstate, my limbic brain engages at the speed of light, judges the other driver, and takes decisive action. But if I'm looking at a worker doing something risky and I want to learn how the situation came to exist, this isn't necessarily a good thing. Learning, analyzing, contemplating, understanding, seeing the bigger picture, all of those things happen in my prefrontal cortex. From a human performance or a safety management perspective, my goal is to learn to understand how our systems are influencing a worker to make risky choices. My limbic brain can't accomplish that goal. It can judge the scenario, the worker, the risk, but it can't contemplate it. Good safety management starts with the awareness of what part of my brain I'm using to manage safety and the proficiency of navigating to the right part of my brain in the right scenario. Unfortunately, most people in society don't even know this is going on. Many have no idea the difference between our limbic brain and our prefrontal, and few know how to navigate from one to the other. Teaching this concept and methods for managing our brain is critical to both safety management and leadership ability. So here's an example of this. This is an experience that actually happened to me recently. I'm driving down the interstate. I'm in the fast lane. And as we all know, the speed limit in the fast lane is 79 to 84. 79 to avoid a ticket and 84 to avoid super speeder. But then there's some idiot doing 55 in the fast lane. 
What a dumbass. He's going to get somebody killed. What fool would do 55 in the fast lane? And I see what he's doing. I see that white glow in the driver's seat. You all know what that white glow is. That dumbass is on his phone instead of paying attention. He's probably on TikTok or Facebook or something. So my limbic brain judges and takes action. I ride up beside him and pass his ass, giving him the look, letting him know how stupid he is. But here's the difference. Having awareness of this concept, the awareness that my limbic brain is controlling my thoughts and my actions, that awareness reminds me that I need to look at this situation, this guy on the phone with my prefrontal. So how do you do that? Do something the limbic brain can't do. Contemplate and create. Contemplation and creative thinking are things the limbic brain just can't do. You can only do that with your prefrontal. So that's what I do. I contemplate and create thoughts that could explain why that guy is on the phone, in the fast lane, doing 55. The first thought is, I don't know. I truly have no idea why that guy is on his phone. I'm not in the car with him. I can't see what he's looking at on his phone. But the second step is creating thoughts of sympathy, understanding, thoughts that aren't judging him. I have limited information. I know we judge most harshly what we know the least about. And I know nothing other than he's on his phone. I don't know why he's on his phone. So some of the thought creations I have are, he could have just gotten a text from his wife saying she wants a divorce. It could be a text about his grandma dying in the hospital. Maybe one of his kids got in a car accident. All thoughts that start with, I don't know. All thoughts that explain why it might make sense for him to be on his phone. There are a few different things going on here. One, I have no idea why that guy is on his phone. Two, there are a million things that could be going on with him where I would do the exact same thing if I were in his shoes. But most importantly, I have shifted control of my thoughts away from my judgmental lack of info limbic brain over to my contemplative and creative prefrontal cortex. Doing this thought management gives me a bit of peace. I'm no longer tense, stressed, and angry. I'm calm and sympathetic instead. I'm also curious, and that's the mental state where learning occurs. Maybe that guy was on social media, looking at his phone, doing the wrong thing. Even if he was, doing the work of managing my own brain was for me. I do it for me because I don't want to feel stressed or angry. I don't want to give some stranger on the interstate that kind of power over my own emotions. The same type of scenario happens in the safety world every day. A safety person or a supervisor observes someone doing something wrong, something risky, something against the rules. The limbic brain engages, judges, and takes action in the form of stopping work, 
telling them what they are doing wrong, or even worse, dishing out discipline without ever moving to the prefrontal to learn, sympathize, understand, and create. If our leadership team that includes both safety pros and supervisors is out there managing people with their limbic brains, we won't learn the underlying organizational systems that are influencing these situations. We will just judge them harshly with little understanding and take actions that could be destructive to our culture improvement efforts. In the leadership realm, outside of safety performance, when we engage people with our limbic brain, the same thing occurs. We try to manage people with a dog-like limbic system that lacks information and sympathy, and then we wonder why the actions we take don't motivate people to do a better job. It happens with safety performance, leading people at work, and our loved ones outside of work. If we want to get better at dealing with people, we've got to get better at managing our own brain. Either I decide how my brain works or my brain decides for me. When my brain makes the decision, it's probably going to be the limbic brain that decides. Manage your brain or your brain manages you. People can have tens of thousands of thoughts per day, maybe around 50,000. About 80% of them are negative. The limbic brain is so fast and it has unlimited energy. You don't need a cup of coffee before you judge someone. As long as you are awake, your limbic brain has the energy to judge at the speed of light. It can engage before you even notice what it's doing. So when left unsupervised, it will do what it does best. It will judge the threat in the room and take decisive action. Unfortunately, that threat in the room is usually the behaviors of our workers or our friends and loved ones. Our limbic brain has been in development since the caveman days. It has a master's degree in judging. In some ways, it's a good thing. It's the reason we learned to hide in the cave so the tiger wouldn't eat us. But on the other hand, our prefrontal is still in kindergarten. It's learning and creating, but all the wonderful things that humans have done, music, architecture, space travel, all those things we have created with our prefrontal cortex came later, and that prefrontal is still in its infancy. So the idea is to strengthen its ability, to use it more, and to grow it. At this point in time, we can study the brain. We can scan it, measure it, and what we are finding is that monks have a larger prefrontal cortex and a smaller amygdala, the part of our limbic system that senses fear, than the majority of the human race. In other words, monks have learned to grow their prefrontal and shrink their limbic brain. This physical change in the size of their brain is attributed to meditation. So if you put it all together, our limbic brain thinks judgmental thoughts. Our prefrontal thinks contemplative thoughts. But not thinking anything grows your prefrontal. If I want to shrink my limbic system and increase the size of my prefrontal, 
I do this by practicing the skill of not thinking anything. Even people who are highly skilled at meditation can only go about seven seconds without thinking a thought. It's understandable when you think about how much power and energy the limbic brain has, but a few seconds is also enough to tame it down a bit. There are many forms of meditation. Finding one that works for your personality type and practicing it often is definitely a skill that we should all work on. Meditation is like stretching before you work out. Good to do, but the reps of brain management are something different. So I want to talk a little bit about what we can do to manage the limbic brain. The most basic idea is this. Do something the limbic brain can't do. The limbic brain doesn't contemplate. It doesn't create. It doesn't analyze. So anytime I do something that it can't do, I'm managing it. I'm lessening its control over my life. Learning is the opposite of judging. If I can choose to learn, I do that from my prefrontal. In the safety world, learning how our systems influence risky behavior is the opposite of judging. Prefrontal thinking versus limbic thinking. If I take the time to ask, to genuinely listen to the answers, to truly learn from the worker, I can't do that with my limbic system. But there's something very interesting that happens when you genuinely learn from the worker. Both of you can leave your limbic brain. From a leadership influence standpoint, if I show up using my limbic brain, judging someone, telling them they are doing it wrong, most likely I will trigger their limbic brain too. If I show up with my prefrontal, curious, inquisitive, with a true desire to learn from the worker, I will most likely trigger their prefrontal. You see, if I ask the worker how our systems are influencing them to make risky choices, if I ask what they would do to change our systems if they were in charge, if I ask deep, contemplative questions where they have to think about it to respond, they can only do that from their prefrontal cortex. It's funny how that works. I either show up with my limbic brain and trigger their limbic brain, or I show up with my prefrontal and trigger theirs. When I see a risky behavior, instead of judging, I ask deep, contemplative questions to understand how that risky behavior makes sense, not why, where we insert judgmental statements like they weren't trained or they're lazy, complacent, etc., but how our organizational systems are influencing them to do that risky thing. Then, if they participate... If they respond with a deep contemplative response, they can only do that with their prefrontal. Worker does something risky. My limbic brain judges it and tells them they're doing it wrong. I then trigger their limbic brain as a defense mechanism. Worker does something risky. I decide to learn about the system influence from my prefrontal by asking deep questions I trigger their prefrontal. 
Of course, all of this does require the worker to participate. There's always a chance if I go into that conversation with all good intent to learn, and then they just respond with, F you, nothing is going to change anyway, what's the point, or some language like that. But I'm more likely to trigger their prefrontal if I use mine to engage them. I'm more likely to trigger their limbic system if I use mine to engage them. So there are little things you can do to engage your prefrontal, like spell words backwards or recite the months of the year in alphabetical order. For example, let's say I'm communicating with the owner's rep and they are frustrated about something we are doing. And let's say you notice yourself getting agitated. Take a second to spell owner's rep backwards in your brain. Owner's representative. Representative. E-V-I-T. It doesn't even matter if you spell it right. It's just knowing that you can do little things quickly to move to your prefrontal. Say you're having a hard conversation with the superintendent and you notice your blood pressure rising. Spell superintendent backwards. T N E D. Your limbic brain can't do that. Those are great techniques that should be in your back pocket if you want to move from one brain to the other. But one of my favorite deeper techniques is proving yourself wrong. Can I take a good thing or a bad thing and argue the other side of it? In other words, if I think something or some policy or some belief is good, can I argue why it's bad? Could I do that same thing if I think a person is bad or a practice is bad or a political policy is bad and argue why it's good? As a simple safety example, I could easily argue why personal fall arrest is a good thing, but I could also argue the bad that comes with it. Orthostatic intolerance, venous pooling, the lack of sufficient rescue plans that we tend to have or not have in construction. Personal fall arrest can be a terrible thing. It can be a great thing. Personal fall arrest is both good and bad. Another easy one is spotters. Spotters seem to be something we default to a lot in safety performance when someone does something wrong with a piece of equipment or doesn't pay attention. Let's just add another spotter. But that is also a bad thing. Now we have introduced another person in the area. One more person a driver has to look out for. One more thing they have to pay attention to. We added another layer of complexity to the operation, which increases the potential for error. These are simple examples, but hopefully you get the point. Whenever I think something is good or bad, if I take the time to prove myself wrong about my belief, I'm going to have to contemplate that from my prefrontal cortex. It's a deeper method for moving from one part of your brain to another. But it can also give you a more rounded view of a safety policy or the way the world works. And for the last of this, that's the very thing I want to address. The limbic brain 
and the prefrontal cortex are not good or evil. They both have the potential to be good or evil. The limbic brain can be terrible when you want to learn system influences, engage other people, and influence them, diffuse an argument, or create new ideas. But the limbic brain is amazing when you don't want to die or get run over on the interstate. The prefrontal cortex is amazing when you want to create new incentive programs or training courses, but people have used it to contemplate how to effectively kill their enemies, too. And here's another weird one that's pretty perplexing. The error rate for the prefrontal cortex is higher than the limbic brain. When people are doing skill-based work, things that they don't have to put a lot of thought into, they make less mistakes. But when people are doing knowledge-based work and contemplating things, where they have to think things through and make good decisions, they screw up more often. So although my limbic brain is terrible at engaging people, influencing, creating, and learning, it's really good at doing repetitious work, like painting walls or pulling wire, with a low level of mistakes. That prefrontal cortex that can create some amazing creative ideas or unique methods to get the job done, that part of our brain makes a ton of mistakes when it's being creative. These different parts of our brain are not good or bad. They just have different strengths and weaknesses. What we use them for and when we use them is what makes them good or bad or strong or weak in different scenarios. The limbic brain will always have more energy in this current evolution of the human brain. But the more we practice moving away from it, the more we strengthen our ability to manage it when we need to. The more we practice using our prefrontal, the more we will learn, the better we will influence people, and our ability to improve safety performance will increase. Limbic brain. N-I-A-R-B. Hope you all have an inquisitive, contemplative, and influential brain management day. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.